Maybe you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, maybe you're not. When, because I know it already happened, when did we cross the threshold of beating the dead horse and just, we get it, you're on Apple Podcasts, we're listening to it on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting me know, Brad. It's episode 14, and we are recording on July 14th. What are the odds? I didn't plan that, and I don't think Brad did either. It's just how the cookie crumbled. This is a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Jenna Lique, along with Brad Klein, and how we're going to start is we're going to talk about Madden ratings. There we they go. They were dropped today or yesterday. You know, they've been talked about in the, within the past 24 hours. And I'm curious to know, I know you played a little football in your day, Brad. Oh, yeah. Eighth what, grade, tell, fourth string linebacker, bitter rivalry, bitter position battle between me and Jack Silverman. But I won. Well, I want to know <laughs> what you think your linebacker Madden rating would be. Oh, my God. I mean, how low does it go? I'm thinking. I have no idea. I'm thinking 16. <laughs> There's really no reason as to why it should be 16. I just feel like that's just insultingly close, uh, low enough for me to be 16. I mean, I was horrible. You have to, even on scale of being an eighth grade football player, I was horrible. A disgrace to the game. I only played in the last game of the regular season when our starting linebacker, Tanner Partol, who is basically the eighth grade West Welker, had like, 15 concussions so he got number 16 in the last game right and for whatever reason they just skipped the second string third string went down to the fourth string middle linebacker that was me for the final drive and this is a do or die game win and we're into the playoffs final it's pouring rain and uh quick slant up the middle and it falls right into my bread basket interception to win the game and that was the only actual playing time I ever got that season and in any other season I ever played. So, I mean, I feel like I would be a zero, but considering my clutch factor, give me a 16. A 16. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, hold good. on. And you I... played soccer. What would your kicking rating be? Not, not even what I was going to do. Nope. Because <laughs> that's something completely different. It's a different, a whole different sport. And Tell that to Pat I McAfee. Was... It, yeah, it, it's still completely different. It, even if you want to, you know, compare compare it that way. The way I was going to do it was I have played a little bit of football in my day, but it was powder puff football. So that does skew it a little bit because if you guys don't know what powder puff football is, it's basically my home, the homecoming week at my high school. The girls will play football and the boys will play volleyball because we didn't have a volleyball team for, for guys. Um, so I was always the one leading the charge. Um, I basically coached all those girls up because none of like all the guys would try to get really technical when they try to coach us. And I was like, let me just tell them in the way that they will understand. <laughs> Cause I was the quarterback on and off the field. And so, and I'm going to be generous with, with where I was at. I was probably, I'd probably say I was at like a 65 for a quarterback. Uh, okay. If I'm, if I'm skewing it a little bit for the fact that literally I was playing with girls who, you know, sometimes it was hard for them to understand what was happening. We had situations where some some defenders would, you know, catch an interception and just be like, oh my gosh, I caught it. And it was like, run. <laughs> like, try they think to that score. they caught it in the end zone on the 30-yard line and they just don't run. And they're like, okay, I'm good here. I caught it here. I'm going to stick around here. They don't like the thing. Yeah, that, that was it was always fun because I'm like, 
all these girls are super athletic like they're super talented if you just like teach them how to play the sport and that was that was always the hardest part so I I like to think I'd say 65 just looking at the categories my speed my speed rating would really boost that number up and acceleration I was definitely a dual threat quarterback okay okay but hold on I I have to go back to the kicking stuff here because I know it's a different craft but how long do you think your field goals could hit from I once once hit a 30 yard field goal that that thought is still on my mental mantle okay where are you in terms of range? I have no idea. I've I've probably tried to kick a football through some goalposts a couple of times, but I never looked at, at yardage because our old football field didn't have like clear markers because it also was a baseball field. Okay. Um. Yeah, which was fun. That was when I was when I was like in middle school when I tried. So I haven't done it done it since. Um, but when you first asked me, I was thinking 30, 30 yards, I okay. could probably push it to more, but it, it's, you know, kicking a soccer ball is easier. I can launch that pretty far. Sure. But you know, it's, you know, just a round ball instead of the weird shape that you have going on with the football. <laughs> but I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you my rating. Cause it's just two, two different things. And I literally played all like in high school, I played all over the place. So trying just to pick one. One position, which I ended up playing just – I was just a defender in the end of high school. Yeah, but, but defender, I a lot of what you have to do is just pick up the ball and spit it out, spray it all over the field, get that out of here. Yeah, yeah. So it just was, bomb it. it especially when um, you're, you're, you know, some of your – the games didn't go your way and uh, all it was was the other team ramming the ball oh, down yeah. the defender's Just, just bomb it out of there, clear it. But we're not playing kickball, Brad. That's the problem. Yeah, that's to what I used more to do. Methodically than that. When I, I mean, we'll get to American football in a second. But when I played soccer, I played two different positions. I played defense um, briefly because I couldn't do much more with my feet besides move the right one and then the left one and then the right one. I was really just, just bad, and that's why I moved to football. Um, but I was also, I, I also played goalie, which I was like, kind of good at. A small frame, which is not not great, but my reflexes were good. And there was this one time that uh, we went to a shootout in the playoffs, just a shutout in the shootout, which was kind of cool. And so that's that's kind of my athletic career in a nutshell. Like, sustained mediocrity to embarrassment, right? But then you have these these brief moments of excellence. Like... My my sports career, my successful sports career, it's like a shooting star. It's brief and beautiful. Mm. I mean, there was that, this one time I was, was at, I was at, at basketball. This is basically the other 90%. I was at basketball practice one day, missing a lot of threes. And I'm a three-point shooter, or at least I'm supposed to be, right? And my coach goes up to me, hey, Klein, who taught you how to shoot? And I said, oh, that's my father. Small town, so everyone knows, a lot of the people know each other. And he goes, and my coach knew my father. He goes, oh, well, that explains it. That's pretty much the Klein athletic family tree. So, right yeah, there. not not um, known for your athletics. But, no. You know, but I, I'm known for call- talking about other people's athletics. Yep, that's that's like what, what I was going to say. You call games because you can't, you know, <laughs> you can't play them. Couldn't that's what the I, I'm like. I am going in my original goal. Uh, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I am not talented enough for that. So, you know what? I'll talk about soccer and, you know, football and all the other things because I can sure, you know, run my mouth. There's no problem there. There you go. 
we got to learn some some things about our athletic pasts, but let's keep the athletics to the professionals. I don't think we should we should ever talk about our athletic pasts again because there is nothing nothing really of of substance. <laughs> I want to go to the pros, and there's a deadline fast approaching. It's coming tomorrow. We'll get to see who gets extended, who's playing on the franchise tag, and. We're going to start our news and headlines with just kind of running through what's been going on today, the last couple of days um, in terms of deadline. And we'll just, you know, break down what we want to break down, talk about it. There's a lot going on and a lot of these things, you know, are pretty common. So there's not too much to say, but we'll make sure you you get all all the up to date news up until, you know, five o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. So the first and the big one um, is Miles Garrett. They're finalizing him and the Browns are finalizing a five-year, $125 million extension. Um, for uh, well, let's just start with that one and then we'll uh, read through the rest. Cause I think that's that's the major one to talk it's about. It's kind of disappointing, right? Because even though he's a very talented player, and in terms of on-the-field accomplishments, he probably deserves it. And he plays one of the most valuable positions on the field. But given the whole Mason Rudolph thing, you're kind of rooting against this, thinking, okay. Uh, if if this guy who almost killed a guy on the field by taking his helmet and using it as a weapon, if he can cash in $125 million over five years, well, then it's pretty much no holds barred, and not paying him would have been more of a deterrent for future players. But I get it, but it's still a little, a little disappointing. My first thoughts were this guy wasn't even technically in the league a couple yeah. of months ago because he has to get reinstated. Like, that's just gone from our memory, I guess, and we're going to give this guy money. Just surprised that the Cowboys didn't pay him, right? I feel like the Cowboys would pay a troubled, violent player. Let's let's keep it moving. Um, we'll kind of these. <laughs> there's nothing I can say about that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. The, it's true. It's, Alden it's, Smith. It's, kinda I mean, true. it's true. It is kind of true. It, it, they do have a track record. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we have Chris Jones and the Chiefs agree to a four-year, $85 million contract. And Jenna, Jason this Peters. comes from Patrick Mahomes' team-friendly deal. If he hadn't deferred money until after his rookie contract expired, then the Chiefs never would have been able to extend Chris Jones. And and both of those two, they're looking for a repeat um, oh, yeah. on social media. They made sure that everybody knew that. And as a Raiders fan, that troubles me because they're going to be good for a very long time. And that's not great for me. But we'll keep going. Jason Peters and the Eagles, they agreed to a one-year contract that's worth up to $6 million. And kind of the, the part that everyone's looking at um, when it comes to the July 15th deadline is whether or not players who have been put on franchise tags will get extensions before this deadline. And the two main ones are Derek Henry and Dak Prescott. Both, it looks like, are not going to get long-term deals done before the deadline tomorrow. Um, I think Derek Henry, that's for certain, and it's looking that way for Dak. Yeah, well, it makes sense for Derrick Henry, right? Because as long as the Titans have him locked up just in terms of on the field for this coming year, then there's no problem. He plays running back. They are not thrilled about investing in running back long term. And I get it. Just keep on tagging him and tagging him and tagging him. And the Titans are basically saying, we are okay overpaying you. That's fine. Year by year. That's fine. But we don't want to take a long-term gamble 
and lose down the line. And with the Cowboys, they're not worried about extending Dak and committing to him long-term. He plays quarterback, one of the most long-term positions in the game, but at the same time, they're a little... They're conflicting on the years that they want, so the Cowboys really no pressure on them because they have him tagged, they can take a deep breath, and they can even figure this out 365 days down the road. That's that's what it is looking like. And we we kind of talked about that when we did talk about the franchise tag, that he'll probably not meet the deadline. That's kind of like the standard that's been said through, um, throughout this past, whatever, month and a half or, or whatever it's been. Um, the Derrick Henry portion, it's like they just pl- they just paid Ryan Tannehill. Like the same Ryan Tannehill who was on the Miami Dolphins and did nothing for them. So if I were just in his shoes, I'd be a little, frustra- little frustrated. But from, you know, our point of view, it is the whole you don't pay your running back thing. And that's, that's just frustrating if I were him. Next on our headlines list, we have the Washington team. The Washington Redskins, that is no longer a football team in the NFL. And this is something that we expected, right, Brad? This isn't, this isn't coming as a surprise. We talked about this last weekend. It's just, you know, now it's just solidified. Yeah, it's about time. Remember in 2013, Dan Snyder said he would never change the name. Uh, To me, though, the reason that they ended up changing the name, the sponsors and basically the bottom line pulling out from under them, that matters to me. I'm not one of those people that are just forgetting the, uh, what is it, 80-something years that Washington was called the racist Redskins. I haven't forgotten that, and I'm not going to forget years from now why Dan Snyder changed this name. Not, be, not out of the goodness of his heart, but because of his wallet. And that, to me, matters. I don't know about you. It does matter, and there will be a little asterisk next to it. Um, How about on the press release, Jenna? They used the Redskins parchment for the press release. So the piece of paper that they submitted to the media, did you see this? The piece no, of paper. No, no, I, I saw, I saw, I saw the piece of paper, but I didn't, I didn't notice this. Yeah, yeah, the piece of paper they submitted to the media that said the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins is no more. We are retiring it. We are moving forward social justice. The top of the page said Washington Redskins football club or something like that with the logo on the page, the same parchment that they would use for any other announcement, extending a player, tagging a player, uh, any, any signing, anything. It's their status quo. I don't think they've even changed their Twitter handle yet. So I know they've said they're retiring it. I believe they're retiring it. But come on, be smarter than that. Don't actually say that you're changing the name on the same paper that has the name. What are you doing? Yeah, at that point, you do kind of like, I guess, to me, this feels like, at least on the social media portion, like social media 101, you're making this huge (laughs) announcement, make it consistent with your social media platforms. Do like a, you have like such an opportunity to like do a rollout here and kind of like, do something with your social media and you kind of just are just pretending like it's not happening, just releasing the statement. I guess that will come when we get the official new name, which is expected to be changed to the Warriors. Give me your thoughts. Cause I know I have a bunch. It could be worse. Um, I think they could have done more with it. Remember my idea was the United. Like I know that's already taken, but uh, my idea wasn't just the United. It should have been a uniting name. So the Warriors could be worse, I and mean, they can keep their logo, and they can keep the whole idea of being 
Um, even Native Americans. I think warriors will still be associated with Native Americans. It's just a it, an extremely less racist way of saying it, which is the problem. So I don't have a huge problem with it. My only thing is, I guess, this is exact. like, when I saw, saw this, I was like, the warriors, you mean the Golden State Warriors? Like, that's yeah, where my mind goes. I, I know it. that's not... That's not, I know it's like there's teams that have, you know, similar mascots or even the same name mascots across leagues. Um, it's pretty, it's not something that's unheard of, but I like, it's just that, you know, the Golden State Warriors in the day have been so dominant the past, you know, however many years. So now when I hear Warriors, all I'm thinking of is the NBA. I'm not thinking of the Washington Warriors, yeah, which you- I've never had to. So that might also be part of it. It might just take some getting used to. So first of all, they might have to be the Warriors because they don't have an infinite amount of options. There's a lawsuit for this name right now. A man in Virginia trademarked a bunch of potential names for the Redskins. And there's a list of, of all the trademark names he has. He has he owns the Washington Tribe, the Red Tails, Monuments, Generals, Renegades Gridiron Football Team, Freedom Fighters, Warhogs, Radskins, Red-Tailed Hawks, and Potomac's. So, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of the that's names that of we've heard. That's that's a lot. So, I don't know. By the way, if it's gonna be the Warriors, I feel like it should be the DC Warriors. Why Washington? Okay. I mean, get Ooh, rid I like of the that. confusion between the state and the the district. Just be the DC Warriors. Sounds stronger. I think it does. Just has a nice ring to it. And and you'd probably DC get rid of like the it. whole trademark kerfuffle here. Just be the DC Warriors. Yeah, that that would be. I didn't even think about that because I was like, okay, Washington Warriors, alliteration. I'm about alliteration, but DC Warriors definitely sounds better. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with that. It's better for merch too. I mean, it it's just more concise. I don't know. Yeah, the wash both Washington and Warriors, both long words. It's gonna take up a lot of real estate on on t-shirts. Yeah. Well, it's not a episode of the Go For Two podcast if we don't have some type of COVID-19 update when it comes to the NFL. They have not been forthright with them. We haven't gotten a whole bunch, but we do have some new information. So NFL teams will be forbidden. It is banned to have any post-game interactions with each other. So no jersey exchanges, no after after game fun i guess what i don't know why i called it that but that's what i'm calling it you're not allowed to do that banned no which i'm just going to give you my opinion right off the bat you just spent how many how much time you know it's a contact sport touching each other (laughs) yeah what's the what's the end of the game gonna do no i to me jenna i completely agree with you this is just insulting to my intelligence that they think that they want me to think oh okay well, if you're not high-fiving after the game, then the tackle in the third quarter, that never happened, ever. And the spit that was inadvertently exchanged in the trenches, that that just didn't happen. That It's no problem. I think, to me, the more uh, important and substantial and potentially helpful thing that the NFL is looking into are the Oakley shields, that they might have Oakley mm-hmm. face guards. Will it fully protect the players? Absolutely not. But will it help the players more than this? Yeah. I mean, yes. It's just an optics thing with the NFL. As as are a lot of things that the NFL does, this is a very simple, very 
my may I add, pathetic PR stunt, and I think both of us are smart enough not, or rather, to see through it. I like the mask, the shield thing. I, I saw those, at least and it's I was like, okay, idea. this is the first idea. It's a better idea than, than the yeah. jersey swap. I mean, come on. It's the first thing pushed out from the NFL that I was kind of like, okay, I can see this being, you know, a step in the right direction. Because my concerns this entire time have been, you know, it's a contact sport. What are you going to do about that? Like, you're missing, you're trying to do all these things outside of the problem, which is the actual, you know, hitting and being on top of each other for the, like, 60 minutes of play. So, this was finally something I was like, okay, this has something to do with gameplay, not everything around it where we're social distancing and yada, yada, yada. Also, media will be banned from the locker rooms. This is an important topic to us as media members, but it was something that we, we saw coming. At least yeah, I did. I get it. I mean, it's it's it sucks because locker room access is huge in terms of getting those really good stories, but we've seen it before. I've logged on to... Zoom press conferences for the basketball tournament that I covered uh, with Bayheim's Army. They were eliminated. That's rough. But uh, but it, it works. It's not as good, obviously. It's not as accessible, obviously. But you have to do what you have to do, and that's a small price to pay. And that actually makes sense, though. Like That that I have absolutely no problem with, the, the media stuff. Just don't expect me to believe that these other measures actually do something. They don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. The media stuff, you know, that's a lot of people, you know, even if you do, we don't know what the NFL's plan is because they still don't think this is going to affect their season that much. But um it becomes an issue when you're trying to, you know, keep a limited, you know, kind of keep the circle, the bubble if you will. It kind of pops the bubble if you have a whole bunch of media members coming in and out. Um so it makes sense. And another thing, yeah, step in the right direction. I'm glad that we're finally getting some type of, I mean, some of these are absurd and they just continue to be absurd, but more, more news, I guess, is better than no news and us just kind of going into the season blind. Deshaun Jackson, we talked about him in Brad's What Was Trending last week, yep. and it, the stories made it all the way up to our headlines and news segment for today. Um, he gets fined for his anti-Semitic post that he put on social media. Um, an undisclosed, unannounced amount he was fined. Um, I know him and Julian Edelman are in, you know, education talks. I don't really know what that means. Uh, Edelman's going to take him to the Holocaust Museum. He's going to take him to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. I that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Uh, is it enough, Brad? Is this is this enough? No, As someone not. who is Jewish? No, it's not. Uh, L'chaim, as my people would say. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Um, because... It's not enough because Deshaun Jackson has this unspecified amount of money to spend, and it's not going to phase him at all. Um, I think the Holocaust Museum will be impactful for him. It was impactful for me when I went. It really, it really touches you. It's it's a very powerful experience. I don't really care about Deshaun Jackson's wallet, and to be completely honest with you, I don't really care about him going to the Holocaust Museum. I just, I was actually more upset about the lack of um, of backlash that Deshaun Jackson faced. Publicly, on social media, I mean, he, he got it. He, he, there were definitely people condemning him. But 
why didn't Patrick Mahomes say anything or Lamar Jackson? Like, those are guys that have been at the forefront in the whole Black Lives Matter movement, condemning systemic racism, condemning bias against certain groups of people. Why didn't they speak out again? I know they're not Jewish, but since they're such a small uh, Jewish population in the NFL, I feel like you can't just have, oh, uh, the Jews will take care of this. The Jewish players will speak up for themselves. We don't have a voice in the NFL, so uh, much of a voice. So when a player like Deshaun Jackson makes these comments and there's no one to back us up and no one steps up like Mahomes, like Jackson, like almost any other player, it's disappointing. And good for Julian Edelman, really, and I sincerely mean this, good for Julian Edelman for speaking up about this. Because, Jenna, I used to work for a newspaper in Jersey. It's called the New Jersey Jewish News. And the sports section was essentially just poaching stories from Jewish athletes. And the hardest part was finding material. Because, guess what? There aren't many Jewish athletes. (laughs) We're not a very athletic group of people. So, (laughs) Julian Edelman would have been the crown jewel, Patriot, Super Bowl champion, let's get some Edelman stories. But he always just claimed he wasn't Jewish. He never identified with being Jewish. And it was the kind of thing that we all rolled our eyes at because, like, we know you're Jewish, Edelman, and, like, we we know you're Jewish. It, just because you don't identify, you you come from a Jewish background, we'd like to ask you a few questions about it. He never actually responded to us, and he, he never actually accepted the Jewish faith and, and identified with it. But now he sees this, he sees these comments, and he feels like he has to speak up. And now he's proud of his Jewish heritage. I don't know if he's just putting on an act or whatever, but good for him for at least trying to stick up for a group that is underrepresented in the NFL. Yeah, someone someone had to do it. My thing, which I saw this when, you know, surfacing when he kind of did get receive some backlash, it was a little delayed backlash. Um, and it was a lot of, we literally, like, people lit Drew Brees up for what he said. And Deshaun Jackson does something similar and no one had a reaction until everyone was like, why is there no one having a reaction? Which it's like, I saw people, it's a conversation around that. It was like, if we are going to, you know, fight racism, it can't just be to the rate, like the type of racism you want to fight. It has to be all of it. It's all or none, not just you get to pick and choose because that's also not right. All right, Jenna, we're a little pressed for time, so we're going to just continue on to the preview segment of the show, and we're kicking off a preview series here on the Go For Two podcast where week by week, Jenna and I will predict who will win the end-of-the-season awards in the upcoming NFL season, and we begin with Coach of the Year. Now, Jenna, obviously, criteria, it starts with having a successful football team. So that cuts the Raiders and the Jets out right there. Adam Gase... (laughs) John Gruden, they will not be winning this award. I think it's Matt LaFleur. And again, it has to be a successful team. I see the Packers taking a big step up this year, even though they were 13-3 and last year. Remember, it's not a great division that they're playing in. It's a good one, but uh, it's not the best division in football. So you get, you get a few points there for Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, an improved Packers team. And what I'm really looking at is the chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders, and massive chip. More like a Pringles can on his shoulder because they didn't bolster the offense in the draft. Instead, they just drafted his heir apparent in Jordan Love. So I wanted to pick Kyle Shanahan, 
from the NFC West, but that NFC West is tough. So give me the Packers. Give me Matt LaFleur. Well, you kind of spoiled my my coach of the year um, with, with your ending comments. I chose Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons to think maybe it won't be him. But I'm riding with the fact that this is going to be a good football team for the second year in a row. I think he deserved it last season. I mean, bringing a team from 13 or from three and 13 all the way to the Super Bowl is crazy. But John Har- John Harbaugh won the award, which is what I was kind of thinking of, you know, just thinking of good teams. I was thinking of him, but he won it last year and. He, he deserved it as well. Like, I'm, I'm not upset with that, but I think Kyle Shanahan can come out again the very next year and bring this team to, to high places. Obviously, we have a tougher division over here, um, so it's going to be a little harder. And just looking back at the last three, it's been in 2017, it was Sean McVay and the Rams because he coached the Rams. Matt, Matt Nagy was in 2018, Chicago Bears, and then John Harbaugh and the Ravens. And I think what makes what kind of gives these three head coaches something in common is that I feel like in each of these seasons, we weren't expecting these teams to be as good as they were. That's fair. So that's part of, you know, my my apprehension when it goes to choosing. I was trying to choose someone who was like, you weren't, you don't know that they're going to be good. Um, but I just went with, with my gut, which was Kyle Shanahan from the second that yeah. you brought this topic up. I was like, I'm probably going to go with Coach Shanahan. And I, I agree with you there. It should be a borderline sleeper team. So I wanted to take Cliff Kingsbury because I'm high on the Cardinals this year. But again, that NFC West is tough. So I just wanted to stay away from that. By the way, and you mentioned all those those previous winners, Coach of the Year is such a high honor. It is a big deal. But isn't it kind of funny how some of the past coaches of the year, the pretty recent ones too, their stock is down right now. I mean, Sean McVay, still a good coach, people highly regarded in the league. But after a pretty down year with the Rams missing the playoffs, I think people kind of forgot about Sean McVay. And Matt Nagy from 2018, well, he, he's on the hot seat at this point. So he just won coach of the year a couple of years ago. And all of a sudden, he's forgotten how to coach and the Bears need to move on is the narrative. Yeah, that's that's kind of I wouldn't say that's the theme of the the past um couple ones. I'm just looking through this list and then you have people you had a couple years where it was Bruce Arians, Ron Rivera, Bruce Arians, Rob, Ron Rivera, and Ron, Ron Rivera just got, you know, got the boot and now he's somewhere else. So it's yeah, it's interesting to see how quickly the tides change for these coaches. We have Jason Garrett in twenty sixteen. He's also gone. Yeah. You know, it's the NFL is a crazy business. That's all I have to say. Cause you're, you know, you're on the top, top of your game one second and this instantly you can be looking for a job. Absolutely. Or you're Adam Gase and you're at the bottom of your game looking for a job. And then you also get hired again after getting fired. Same division, but no, whatever. Uh, moving on to what was trending and mine touches up on social issues, social justice issues, which surprisingly at this point we haven't really talked about. Michael Thomas, the Texan safety, not the wide receiver, he wrote a column on Football Morning in America entitled Why Colin Kaepernick Should Be Back in the NFL and Important Next Steps in Social Justice Issues. 
it only convinced me otherwise that he should not no longer be in the NFL. He doesn't need to be, which is kind of ironic. Uh, good try, Michael Thomas. And and the funny thing is, I, I kind of thought that he had a place in the league until I read it because Michael Thomas made a point of saying, oh, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, all, Deshaun Watson, all the really big, important faces of the league that are stepping up and continuing his legacy, continuing in his footsteps, well, they wouldn't have done it without Colin Kaepernick. And uh, I'm thinking, yeah, but they are. So why do we need Colin Kaepernick to accelerate change when we already have his disciples carrying it out for him? So that's my, I, I, I don't think that it would be bad if an NFL team picked Colin Kaepernick up, but I just thought it was interesting that Michael Thomas wrote something to convince me of something and he only persuaded me against it. That's what the kind of discussion we had when all of this started was what is Colin Kaepernick's role in the NFL? I remember I posed that question to you of now will he get put on a team because of, you know, the NFL kind of realizing that they were wrong in the past. And we were kind of like, nope, his like he did his thing, you know? And he'll go down in history for, for starting this movement. Yep. But it's he's better served as an you know an icon rather than you know an NFL player at this point. My what was trending comes from a very interesting place. Um, also talking about a quarterback in the NFL who is trying to reclaim his place. Um, just I'm just going to toss it straight to this this clip of Cam Newton talking about his return to the NFL. They ain't never seen this Cam. Because you want to know how I know? And I ain't never seen him. The forgotten Cam, though. The shit on Cam, though. Tired of being sick of tired Cam. Felt like I was just left to die. It's over with for him. He ain't the same player. Mm -hmm. If you guys get a chance, you have to visually see what was going on in that video. There was sweat. Perspiration. His hair was kind of all over the place, which, you know, if that's the way you want you want your hair to go, more yeah. power to you. I just up don't know how, how a helmet fits over the up and down hairstyle. But that is, you know, not my, not my you know, not my responsibility. Um, it was, yeah, sweaty. He was Fitting, but and Jenna, he, he chose the black and white. This is not Cam Newton's first workout video with the pissed off inspirational message. Oh, they forgot about me. This is the new Cam. I'm new. They've never seen me before. It's not, not a new idea that Cam Newton's had. And all of these videos have been in black and white, which just add an element of horror for me as a Jets fan. Just like, oh my God. Yeah, he, he's legit. I mean, it looks like a Tarantino film, and that's scary. Yeah, I I didn't love the video. I was kind of uncomfortable watching it because I was like, this is so, this is so Cam Newton. I was like, he's already like preparing for the documentary that they're going to have years <laughs> down the road when he turns his life around. That's what he's preparing. That's what his social media is. Just waiting for like giving us little clips of the documentary we'll see in 10, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, that's I, don't know. A, that, I, I wasn't a fan of it, but you know what? It creates for great audio content. Absolutely. And and that goes to my fan frustration. Cue the music. <laughs> fan <gasps> frustration. 
All right, so my fan frustration this week is basically, well, we already touched up on it, but Greg Van Roten, former Panther, current Jets guard, he uh, he hopped on a radio show this past week and, and called Cam. Well, you know what? Let's just toss it to sound. Take a listen to what Greg Van Roten had to say about his former quarterback in the AFC East. It's definitely terrifying to think about if, if Cam Newton's healthy and he's in a Belichick's offense, you know, in my division, it's going to be, it could be a long year uh, for the other teams because he's a game changer. He came into the league, you know, he's a league MVP, brought the team to a Super Bowl. He's just built differently than, you know, a lot of quarterbacks. It's definitely a recipe for um, disaster for the rest of the league if they can figure it out. So if you thought that sounded familiar, it's because it does. It's basically what I just said. Cam Newton in the AFC East with the Patriots, Bill Belichick. It's a scary thought. But this is such a Jets thing. This is such a loser's mentality. Greg Van Roten being like, oh, 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 Cam is, uh, oof. He's in the AFC East, huh? Yeah, that's rough. I mean, I, I kind of thought we had a chance, but now we don't. And it's scary. It's terrifying. He called it terrifying. He said it could be a long year. Yeah, it's going to be a long year. Because when you think it's going to be a long year, when you have the loser's mentality going into it, yeah, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose two games to the Patriots. And by the way, just as a bonus, since you think you're going to lose and you think it's going to be a long year, let's talk on two more losses to the Bills. Now you're 0-4, Greg Van Roten. And guess what? It's your fault for perpetuating this loser's mentality to the Jets. Thank you very much. That's that's rough. Yeah, I wouldn't want anyone on my team talking. Whoop, he's going to be scary. I want look, my team. You can hop on a radio show and be like, look, I worked with Cam. He's a pro's pro. He's going to bring a legitimate quarterback under center for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And they're dangerous. But then you that's have how to, you approach then it. Then yeah. you have to add. But we're dangerous, too. We have Sam Darnold. He's been in this offense longer than Cam's been in his offense. Mm-hmm. So I like our chances. You always have to end it on a positive note. Even if we know that you are terrified, you can't just say, oh, God. Oh, God. Cam's back. Oh, can I go back to the, Patri- the Panthers, please? I'd rather play in the NFC South. No, you can't do that. You just have to accept that the boogeyman is in your closet, turn on the lights, and go head-to-head. Okay? It, this is this is such a Jets thing to do. Such a Jets thing to do. My fan frustration for this week is centered around the media. You know, the elusive the media. Um, one thing that always frustrates me year to year is just how, when I'm, you know, High on my high on the Raiders. I'm like, yes, you know, we won a couple games. The media is always there just to bring me right back down. But this this source, this source material I'm going off of, um, comes from a blog. I think it's like Raider, it's something, some Raider blog. I didn't really read much into it. Okay, look, Silver and Black Pride. It's a blog that posts a lot of Raiders articles that pop up on the news feed. And the article, I didn't read it. It just, the headline was enough for me. And it said, it's eerie how much Josh Jacobs was like Todd Gurley last season. Why do we have to do this? Like, why do you have to bring a sense of eerie tension between, like, no, what what's the point? I don't like that you're going to throw this in. You must be bored. It must be summertime in the NFL because now we're just making things up. 
and it okay i kind of lied i did read a little bit of it i read like the first paragraph then i got tired of it and it was like the josh jacobs last season called up todd Gurley and asked them for some advice because that's the type of player he wanted to emulate and then it went through a whole bunch of stats where him and josh Gurley were similar basically trying to illustrate that it might not be looking good for josh jacobs because as we know todd Gurley is not even on the rams anymore um and his injuries have left his legacy kind of questionable so I just didn't like the, the comparison and I just didn't understand the need. Like why a lot of the, the frustration behind being in the Raiders fan is just the why around everything surrounding them. Um, it's again, nothing that the team did to personally affect me. It's just all the, the around stuff that gets me frustrated as a Raiders fan. And I'm going to actually end this on a good note. Um, Trent Brown, the O-lineman for the Raiders, went on um, the Left Coast show with Bleach Report, and um, he said, Josh Jacobs is special. And I was like, that's the type of thing I needed to hear today, because I guess we're all talking about Josh Jacobs. I guess it's because the Madden ratings and stuff came out. Um, but I didn't like the negative, a negative approach from the Silver and Black Pride. Wasn't a fan of that, but I'm glad that at least my my players, because they're personally mine, my players know how to approach the media when talking about their team, unlike some. That's all we have for this episode, the 14th episode of the Go For Two podcast. It was a big one. We got a lot of information in there for you. Finally, the NFL is inching forward, so we're getting some more news. We're going to keep you guys updated on all things NFL coronavirus and NFL deadlines. And that's, you know, that's what we're here for, to provide you with that information. And if you have anything else you would like for us to talk about, give us a little suggestion, you know. Send us an email at the go for 2 pod at Gmail. That's where you can send us an email. Let us know what you think, any topic bars you want us to talk about. Um, we want to hear from you. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. We're at the Go for Two podcast. In both of those, it's the number two. So you got to remember that. And that's the best place to find all of our episodes. We post everything there. And another great place to find our episodes is Apple Podcasts. And we're going to be proud and celebrate that every single week. What, when does it get Apple old? Podcasts I feel like it at the when, when did it get old? Cuz I feel like it already got old where it's like, oh, no, oh I love it. Well, it's Apple our podcast. shtick now. I know I'm it's our it. shtick. I mean, yeah, I'm just wondering for anyone out there that's listening to this podcast. Maybe you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, maybe you're not. But let us know. Send us that email. We plug the email every time. Send us the email and let us know when cuz I know it already happened. When did we cross the threshold of beating the dead horse and just we get it you're on apple podcast we're listening to it on apple podcast thanks for letting me know rad we're also on youtube <laughs> you can you can find all our episodes um all the current episodes uh, most of the past episodes and we do ha- do we do have a fan frustration friday so you will get to see you know our flagship program just that piece the five to ten minutes that it is each show that we just get to blow off some steam um and we're on soundcloud you know we our first couple of episodes are out there on soundcloud so feel free to give us a listen there too and that's all we have for today we will see you guys next week salute